chapter twenty seven of unicorns this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org unicorns by james hunnaker chapter twenty seven my first musical adventure music mad i arrived in paris during the last weeks of the world's fair of eighteen seventy eight impelled there by a parching desire to see franz liszt if not to hear him he was then honorary director of the austro-hungarian section but i could not find him although i heard of him everywhere of musical fetes and the usual glittering company that had always surrounded this extraordinary son of fortune one day i fancied i saw him i was sadly walking the rue de rivoli of an october afternoon when in a passing carriage i saw an old chap with bushy white hair his face full of expressive warts and in his mouth a long black cigar which he was furiously puffing list i gasped and started in pursuit it was not an easy job to keep up with the carriage at last because of a blocked procession i caught up and took a long stare the object of which composedly smiled at me but did not truly convince me that he was franz liszt you see there were so many different pictures of him even the warts were not always the same in number when i am in the cambyses vein i swear i've seen liszt perhaps i did liszt or no liszt my ambition was fired and at the advice of frederick boscovitz a pupil of liszt and cousin of raphael josephi i went to the conservatoire national with a letter of introduction to the acting secretary emile Reti i was told that i was too old to enter being a few months past eighteen i was disappointed and voiced my woes to lucy hamilton hooper then a clever writer and correspondent of several american newspapers her husband was vice-consul robert hooper and he kindly introduced me to general fairchild the consul and after a cross-examination i was given a letter in which the united states government testified to my good social standing i was not a bandit nor yet an absconder from justice and extreme youth armed with this formidable document i again besieged the gates of the great french conservatoire whose tuition it must be remembered is free i was successful inasmuch as i was permitted to present myself at the yearly examination which took place november thirteenth ominous date to say that i studied hard and shook in my boots is a literal statement i lived at the time in an alley-like street off the boulevard des batignons and lived luxuriously on five dollars a week eating one satisfying meal a day with a hot bowl of coffee in the morning and practising on a wretched little cottage piano 
as long as my neighbors would stand the noise they chucked boots or any old faggot they could find at my door and after twelve hours i was so tired of patrolling the keyboard that i was glad to stop then a pillow on my stomach to keep down the pangs of a youthfully gorgeous appetite i would lie in bed till dinner-time oh chopin oh consomme and boiled beef oh sour blue wine at six cents the litre at last the fatal day dawned as the novelists say it was nasty chilling foggy autumnal but my long locks hung negligently and my velveteen coat was worn defiantly open to the wind i reached the conservatoire then in the old building on the rue de faubourg poissonniere at precisely nine o'clock of the morn i was put in a large room with an indiscriminate lot of candidates some of them so young as to be fit for the care of a nurse like lost sheep we huddled and as my eyes feverishly rambled i noticed a lad of about twelve with curling hair worn artist fashion a naughty haughty boy he was for he sneered at my lengthy legs and audibly inquired is grandpa to play with us i knew enough french to hate that little monster with a nervous hatred there was a tightened feeling about my throat and heart and i waited in an agitated spirit for my number a bearded and shy young man came in from examination and was at once mocked by the incipient virtuoso in pantalettes another unfortunate with a roll of music then the little devil was summoned we sat up in ten minutes he returned with downcast mien flushed face tears in his eyes and tried to sneak out of the room but too late after shaking hands all round we solemnly danced in a circle about the now sobbing and no longer sinister child who says youth is ever generous number thirteen sang out a voice and i was pushed through a narrow entry and a minute later was standing on the historic stage of the paris conservatoire the lighting was dim but i discerned a group of persons somewhere in front of me a man asked me to sit down at the grand piano of course like most pianos out of tune and i tremblingly obeyed his polite request at this juncture a woman's voice inquired how old are you monsieur i told her a feminine laugh rippled through the gloom for i wore a fluffy little beard was undeniably gawky and looked conspicuously older than my years that laugh settled me queer creepy feelings seized my legs my eyes were full of solar spectrums my throat a furnace and my heart beat like a trip-hammer i was not the first man young or old to be knocked out by a woman's laugh later i met the lady she was madame massard and the wife of the well-known violin master massard of the conservatoire again the demand play something it was a foregone conclusion but i couldn't i began a minuetto from a beethoven sonata hesitated saw fiery snakes and a kaleidoscope of comets 
then pitched into a presto by the unfortunate beethoven and was soon stopped a sheet of manuscript was placed before me i could have sworn that it was upside down so as a sight-reading test it was a failure i was altogether a distinguished failure and with the audible comment of the examining faculty ringing in my ears i stumbled across the stage into welcome darkness and without waiting to thank secretary Reti for his amiability i got away crossing in a hurry that celebrated courtyard in which the hideous noises made by many instruments including the human voice reminded me of a torture circle in dante's inferno the united states had no reason to be proud of her musical or unmusical son that dull day in november eighteen seventy eight when i arrived in my garret i swore i was through and seriously thought of studying the xylophone but my mood of profound discouragement was succeeded by a more hopeful one if you can't enter the paris conservatoire as an active student you may have influence enough to become an auditeur a listener and a listener i became and in the class of professor georges matthias a genuine pupil of chopin my musical readers will understand my good luck from that spiritual master i learned many things about the polish composer heard from his still supple fingers much music as chopin had interpreted it delicate and discriminating in style m mattia had never developed into a brilliant concert pianist sometimes he produced effects on the keyboard that sounded like emotional porcelain falling from a high shelf and melodiously shattering on velvet mirrors he also taught me that if a pianist or violinist or singer is too nervous before the public then he or she has not a musical vocation the case of adolf henselt to the contrary notwithstanding but better would it be for me to admit that i failed because i didn't will earnestly enough to succeed End of chapter twenty seven